everybody, and welcome to Enjoy the View. I'm Ari, and today on our panel, we have Alex. Hello. And Tessa. Hello. And today, our special guest is Jacob Schatz. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) You want me to introduce myself? (laughs) Yes, would you like to introduce yourself? (laughs) Sure. Um, So I'm Jacob Jatz. I'm head of automation at uh, remote.com. And I'm a long time JavaScript and Vue.js developer. That's pretty much it. There's not much else to know. Fun. That's all you are, your work life. Yeah, I am work life. (laughs) What else? Like, okay, so for fun, I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. For fun, um oh, you know what? I'm learning Chinese right now. That's Ooh. what it that's yeah. I'm learning Chinese right now. So if anybody out there is a native Chinese speaker and you'd like to have a horrible conversation, <laughs> a really <laughs> limited conversation, then then um then hit me up on Twitter. My Twitter handle is angelhug7 at hotmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> Was with a Z. But once you read How to Win Friends in, in Chinese, you'll be invincible. That's right. I like to, so I've read the, there's a book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. It was written in, I think, the 30s, 1930s. So it's really old. And there's a bunch of parts of it that are maybe a little outdated. But there's a lot of it that's actually really good. It's a good, it's uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's by Dale Carnegie. He also has another one called um how to stop worrying and start living which is i think that one's even better but not as many people have heard of that one so go read that book living i've stopped worrying and i've started living that's absolutely that's what i've done that's where i am that's who i am i I feel like i've definitely seen a book by that title but by someone else i didn't realize that dale carnegie also wrote a book like that yeah those are his two big ones um how to win friends and influence people, how to stop worrying. It's hard to say how to stop worrying and start living. I'm sure there's like other books that have a similar title to that. There's a lot of self-help books, but it's less of a self-help book and more of like a specific instructions. Is that what a self-help book is? A specific instructions on how to. It depends on the book. I feel like some are specific instructions. Some are just a lot of anecdotes. Yeah, this is this is like the first self-help book. So it's not really a self-help book. Everything else kind of copied it. I, I just don't want to admit that I'm reading self-help books in my free time. It feels like you're an alien from outer space and you like how to be a human being. You're like, okay, yeah. I got this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, then what you do is like in the book, it says, make sure that you don't ask if the conversation is okay or not, because that tips them off that you're not actually human. Oh. Yeah. Good to know. Writing that down. Ah, that is how we don't reveal the lizard underneath this human skin. Got it. That's right. <laughs> Got it. Okay. The whole time I'm just thinking like, keep smiling, keep smiling. Okay, now ask more questions. You know, it's because I have a multi-processor. Like I have a multi-threaded processor, which is like different than humans who are only... Oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah, you're only single-threaded. Yeah. You can really only do one thing at a time. Mm. 
Yeah, I'm very single threaded. <laughs> New JavaScript as a person. Yeah. You got those brain workers for multi-threading, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like to, I don't know. I, I'm very busy. I don't know what I'm, I'm trying to think of like what I'm actually doing. I'm not, I can't even remember what I did yesterday. But like, yeah, I like to learn Chinese. I like to ride my bike. I'm like, I'm like a five-year-old kid. Um, I just, you know, that's really what I am. I'm just like a, a child at heart. So we've we've heard rumors that you like to use Vue in side projects. Now, first of all, what is a side project? <laughs> That's the other thing I like to do. <laughs> I've got so many side projects started. And um, yeah, each one, you know, when you start the side project, you're like, this is it. This is going to be the one. This is where I'm going to be successful. I'm going to release it. But um, yeah. Recently, I started making a game and all these different things. And I tried making a game in Vue.js. You know what Vue.js is really good for when talking about games? Vue.js is really good for like the UX of the game because you can um, like essentially make the game and have the game send out events, and then Vue.js can like respond appropriately and display all the stuff very easily. So like if you're going to make a game in JavaScript, if you're you know, if you're willing to do that sort of thing, then Vue.js is really good for that. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, I've been writing Vue forever. And I think the reason I choose it is just because it's like at this point, it's kind of boring and it's easy. And it's just kind of it's, it's I have all the problems solved already. You know, it's, um, you know, it's not even with the composition API. I, you know, <laughs> or script setup. <laughs> Sorry. So, here's the thing. I have not even slightly looked at Vue 3 at all. I haven't looked at it for one second. Not even, not even. You're in great company. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so are you all, wait, so what, where do, where do you all stand on that? Uh, I haven't actually touched Vue 3 personally. Yeah. Well, you know what it is? I think, I think that like, um, it's kind of like when you've already solved the problems and you're like, I don't know. Am I, is this going to solve more problems for me or is this another thing to learn? I'm sure it's fantastic. I'm really interested in like the composition API. I think I know what it is, you know, so I'm very excited about all of it. I just haven't had the time to look at it, you know. Tessa, have you looked at it yet? Uh, I mean, I looked at it last year when I needed to try out the new portal implementation for a talk I was giving at View Toronto, which is uh, how we met. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Your talk was amazing at View Toronto, like the lightning talk that you did at View Toronto. I forget what it was called, though. It had a really interesting name. It definitely had Trash Brain somewhere in it, I think. No, did it? Trash Brain. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trash Brain was one of the things, for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I was really stressed out because my laptop wouldn't... Uh connect to the projector system and, and you told that you, you vamped with a lot of jokes <laughs> yes yes well so the thing was is that i had um so i love like the the really um i love the groaner jokes like the jokes that everybody's like oh come on you know ffs you know like um but i had this 14 minute long joke prepared 
um, that if all else failed, I had 14 minutes I could cover with this really long joke that doesn't have a pun until the very, very end. And the whole time, it's like one of these jokes where the whole time you're just like, oh my gosh, can you please, uh, you know, but it's, it's a real, did you, I think I told the joke at, at UJS Toronto, didn't I? You told one joke, but then afterwards, so for listeners who don't know the context, uh, Jacob was emceeing and I was supposed to give this lightning talk. Uh, and they said it was seven minutes, but I knew my slides were going to be 30 minutes. So I cut it down to seven minutes, but I couldn't get the updated slides to the presenter laptop over the hotel Wi-Fi. So I ended up trying to squish my 30 minute slideshow into seven minutes. Um, anyway. You you did tell a joke there, but I think it was like a three or four minute long joke. And then afterwards, you told me to read the snake joke. And so for like an hour in my hotel room last night, I was going through the did whole thing. Did you really whole, read it? I read the whole thing. <laughs> so there's, I think it's called, it's not called Jake the Snake. It's called, do you remember what it's called? Nate the Snake? Nate the Snake. I always remember it as Jake the Snake, but it's not Jake. Right. That's the, that's the, the wrestler, Jake the Snake. That's um, the 80s wrestler. 90s wrestler jake the snake no but um nate the snake if you go to nate the snake.com which is like it's the best thing ever this is we're not talking like high-tech javascript here we're talking a big blob of text on a single page it is probably the longest joke um in existence um and there's yeah, an audiobook read. version now is there really yeah that's amazing i think it's at the top of the page is there? I sh- I want to go to yeah. this, but my my mic is attached to my laptop. So if I start looking it up, it's going to be like click 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 click. Yeah. No, but Nate the Snake is amazing. But I I I've always wanted to memorize Nate the Snake. Like it's it's so long. Like you keep scrolling, you're like, oh wow, it just it does keep going. Read the whole thing after this. Go like, Ari, read the whole thing after this in its entirety. It's going to take you several hours. Oh my God, this is long. And then afterward, don't read the end though. Don't read the end right now because it's- The joke is longer every it's time. It's too you... late. Did you really I just- I read the pun. No, you didn't. No. Sorry. No. Well, it was really nice having you on the show. <laughs> no. Did you really read the pun? Yes. No. I, I did, oh, I did no. too. No. <laughs> You're both awful. Like, without any context, like I'm like, I, okay. Like that's obviously a pun, but can you can you can wait? Don't say it. I'm not going to. Okay, but I'm, I'm like, not going to ruin it for others. Nate, for everybody else, don't scroll to the end and read the pun. Just go read the joke. It won't be worth it if you scroll to the end. Yeah, it might still be worth it. You should do it anyway. By the time you get to the end, you'll be like, "What was the?" Anyway, you know what? Read the whole thing anyway because you're not even going to have context until like at least fourth five hours in um yeah it takes you on a journey and every time you read it it gets longer yeah that's right it's like a fish tail so tessa said she was going to memorize it and and deliver it on the next uh podcast so yeah that's definitely a thing that i said (laughs) yeah I, i love jokes like that i remember um once i saw joe firestone talk for like 20 minutes about how she was eating falafel in a restaurant by herself. And it's really depressing because like, not because she's eating alone, but the restaurant has these pillars with mirrors on them. So she had to watch herself eating alone. 
And that was the really depressing part. And then after like 20 minutes of this meandering, like, so I was really depressed. She's like, do you like that joke? And the audience was like, yeah. And she was like, really? Because I falafel. And I was like, oh, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely seems like a Tessa joke. (laughs) Oh, my God. I think also maybe at that same show or maybe it was the previous year. This was like really, really early on in Trump's presidency. But John Glazer told this really long joke about how he thought maybe he could have stopped him from becoming president because he was watching a hockey game with his good friend, Will Arnett, not to brag. And they had box seats next to Trump and Trump walks by with like a soft serve. And so he had this whole story about how he could have pushed the soft serve into Trump and then his suit would have been ruined and maybe he would have put out a hit on John Glazer, but then that wouldn't have gotten him the presidency. But what if that clinched the presidency? Um, And so he was talking about like, what if, what if he was murdered for pushing the soft serve and like became an American hero? And then, you know, his kids would just be on the playground and people would recognize him and be like, wait, was that your father and they were just standing there with tears in their eyes like yes and as he was thinking of, about this like whole made-up ridiculous story that would never happen he literally started crying because he felt bad for his kids for mourning him for being murdered <laughs> for stopping the presidency by pushing a soft serve into trump at a hockey game oh my gosh yeah that's amazing it was like a 45 minute joke it was great that sounds incredible What is this podcast about again? Sorry, I forgot. Vue.js. Right, yes. That, that's the feeling you'll have when you read Nate the Snake. Yeah, Get used I to felt it. bad. <laughs> <laughs> there's Nate the Snake and then there's, um, there's another one. The, no, but the joke that I told, I think I made it last like maybe seven minutes, Ooh. which is still pretty good. Yeah, um, I remember you had to tell it to me afterwards because my brain was just out the window. Right, right. Trash brain. <laughs> and I tried to think about it um, later on and I couldn't remember it. I tried to think of it recently. Like, if I had to tell that again, would I remember it? I don't even remember. You know, I think I read it in like one of these Reddit like uh, joke threads. You know, what's your best joke sort of thing. Those are always amazing. Yeah, I've, I'll have to check it out. If you're ever going to MC a Vue.js conference, I highly suggest that you go onto Reddit and find the joke threads. Specifically, what's your best clean joke? I'm pretty sure Ben MCs every Vue.js conference now, so we'll just send him the link. Oh, is that what happens now? I, I think so. <laughs> My brain hasn't been able to retain a joke um, since I was like six years old, so I have one joke, and it's really terrible, especially when you know that it was told to me when I was six. Let's hear it. And it's also a joke that like, I feel like most people aren't going to get because it's very generational. Okay. But what kind of wood doesn't float? Go on. Natalie Wood. (laughs) Oh, gosh. That's horrible. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. (laughs) For a six-year-old, that's a rough joke. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's so generational that uh, Tessa didn't get it. Yeah, I did not get it. It didn't look like Alex got it either. Maybe he's just offended by the joke. Yeah. I have um, I have a friend. I have one friend. I have a friend <laughs> who uh, he, sends, he always sends me dad jokes. And yesterday he sent me, he said, uh, you know, um, 
I wanted to get an electric fence, but my neighbor is dead against it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. But it doesn't make sense. How could he be dead against it if he didn't get the fence yet? Stop overthinking it, Tessa. Just it's literally my brand. Let the joke go through you. So wait, should how should I deliver it, Tessa? If I was going to deliver it again, oh, I don't know. What's a what's a better delivery for that joke? Knowing the pun now, maybe he decided to get rid of his fence because it's too dangerous. I had an electric fence. I had to get rid of it because my neighbor was dead against it. Like I wanted to get rid of it, yeah, because it's yep. dangerous. But my neighbor was dead against it. I like that. There's some irony there. I like that. I feel like you could turn this one also into a seven-minute joke. You could turn anything into a seven-minute joke if you believe. <laughs> if you just believe in yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I can't remember any of the other jokes either. See, I the only good example that I can pull off of my head of a good joke that I have is the um, is actually more of a real-life, real-world multi-million dollar pun. Um, Wait, how does uh, a pun make that much money? Yeah, and why aren't you sharing it with us? That's honestly really rude. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll explain it to you. So, here in Atlanta, for many, many years, we have now had an aquarium. Uh, and so, when the aquarium was being built, it was largely funded by the owners of Home Depot. Um, and so... Uh, you know, there was lots of marketing and people putting in like various things for it and like trying to figure out like what they're going to do. And so they were like we were pitching ideas for different mascots and like, well, you know, we kind of want it to be fish because it's an aquarium. So we need to have something that's, you know, very fish like. And uh, at that point, there was um, the, the big movie that had just come out recently was Finding Nemo and clownfishes were like all the rage, right? Everybody loved clownfishes because they look like Nemo. And so they were like, okay, cool. We're going to have a mascot that's a clownfish because they're very popular, right? And so they created this whole thing. And, you know, clownfishes, they live under the water. So it's kind of deep under the water. So they're going to name their clownfish Depo, right? No. Yeah. No. And so oh my God. the uh, mascot of the aquarium is a orange clownfish because it is the home of Depo. <laughs> Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> Pause for effect. Yeah, it's a multi-million dollar pun. <laughs> it is a multi-million dollar pun. Oddly enough, I have a friend who's a trainer at uh, the Atlanta Aquarium. Which just seems like such a cool job. I thought you were going to say at a Home Depot. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought too. <laughs> you know what they say, Home Depot. <laughs> That's way less interesting. No offense to anyone who works at Home Depot. I, I think that um, Home Depot is one of my favorite stores. I recently bought a lawnmower at Home Depot. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I got one of those riding lawnmowers. So that's another <laughs> thing I do in my free time is I ride the lawnmower <laughs> around the grass. I feel like you need to have like really good ear protection to do that. No, like the... You got to get your earmuffs out. I do. Actually, hold on. I got to show you. Speaking of headphones, I got Bluetooth um, wireless workers 
Yeah. Headphones. How's the sound quality on those? Hold on. Wait. Oh, we're going on a journey. Six out of ten. You don't. Yeah. You don't buy them for the sound quality. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean. You buy them for the. Hold on. We're gonna walk around the house and try and yeah. find these uh, headphones so I can show for them to listeners. you so that everybody who's listening we're being taken on a journey. See them. <laughs> <laughs> we're currently walking through my house so we can find those headphones. Yeah, this is the most I've seen of your house. <laughs> oh, it's a great house. It's uh, still walking. I just so apparently a large house. <laughs> we're really enjoying the view of your house. Oh my god, Alex, get out! <laughs> Enjoy the view. Of my house. See, we brought it back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I just moved here in October, and uh, this is the house that I grew up in, and I bought it for my parents, um, and I just have had, I've been fixing all these different things up, especially, um, I just put in a wood floor downstairs. It's very exciting. I don't know where those headphones went, though, but now you got a tour of my house. Now you can't uh, ride the lawnmower anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, get, I think, you know what I think? I have a shed, and I think the um, I think the earphones are in the shed, probably on the lawnmower. Wait, did we just walk in a circle? Is your house shaped like a donut? I feel like you just went in like a smooth path, but then we're back. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, so you can go out here, and then so for the for those um, flying without the visuals at home, there's an entrance to my left, <laughs> and there's an entrance to my right to this room so this side goes to a bedroom and then this side goes to like the living room check out the <laughs> living room though it's like the ship in 2001 <laughs> great audio content here oh my gosh this. This is pretty cool. this, that's Look amazing this. isn't this nice yeah. there's a lot of natural lighting yeah, yeah it's, it's uh, super open and like really big mm-hmm. almost looks like there's some god rays coming through the staircase yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then, like, all the Rococo details of, like, the gold inlay that's going all over the place. It's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) I think the clown in the corner is not a great touch, though. Oh, the clown in the corner. Yeah. That. Yeah, hiding in the fireplace right there. Yeah. I could do without that. Yeah, it needs. It makes the room too asymmetrical. You really need more clowns to, like, even it out. (laughs) Yeah, two. Well, I've been trying to get I've been trying to get rid of the clown in the corner for like years, but every time I go over to him, he's like, ah, you know, he just, oh, no. he just he doesn't let me get rid of him. So you know, he lives here rent free. Yep. Yeah, but I can't find those headphones right now. But they're um, they are I got them. I actually got them at Home Depot. Nice. I was checking out getting the lawnmower, and I was like, I bet you, you know, what I need is some like lawnmower headphones. And they had these. So go pick up a pair of wireless Bluetooth um, lawnmower headphones at your local Home Depot. <laughs> and then I have like three or four different pairs of earmuffs because I used to work in an office that was also a construction site. They're great. They're, they're a portable pair. Yeah. I've seen your earmuffs, right? I have seen your earmuffs because you wear them. I don't know if you've seen them, but we've definitely talked about them. Yeah, I have. My favorite one is like a super slim portable pair yeah. that's made for like going to the shooting range. But they're, uh, yeah, they're not uh-huh. tight on the head. As one does. Wait, you go to shooting ranges a lot? No, I, I got them because you also need really good hearing protection to go to a shooting range. And so that's what most of the head, the earmuffs are marketed towards. Well, see, but that, but that would be like if you said to if I said to you, I got these headphones, they're made for, you know, riding lawnmowers. And you say, oh, you have a lawnmower? I say, no, I don't have a lawnmower. <laughs> That's true. I mean, that makes sense to me. <laughs> but so why did you get the, the shooting rage earmuffs? earphones or uh, headphones or earmuffs? Earmuffs. 
Yeah, because I didn't I didn't get the ones with uh, headphones built in because that was more expensive. So I would just wear them over uh, earbuds. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, because because I worked in a construction site mm-hmm. and it was really loud all the time. And also, my boss liked to like bring construction workers into the office and then yell at them in front of everybody. Oh. Yeah. Wow. And so you got yourself like I don't want to hear that crap <laughs> sort of um, earmuffs. Well, I mean, I was just retouching stuff all day. So I was like, I don't want to lose my hearing. And then I realized after that, you know, not having to hear like the train and stuff all the time is really nice. Oh, yeah, I can imagine that would be. Um... Wait, so were you 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 weren't a developer? Were you doing development for this? Constru- were you writing code on a construction site? Uh, I mean, technically, I went there to do social media. But uh, I I've been using Photoshop for a while and they needed retouching Uh, and they needed copy written so that's what i really ended up doing that's interesting because i was thinking like it would be um like it sounds like you had plenty of social media like people yelling at each other just probably not the stuff that they wanted to post but you could take pictures of people yelling at each other and you'd be like this is bob he's yelling at jack yeah i need to send them that stop worrying book the yeah how to stop worrying and start living yeah. yeah should be how to stop arguing with people and start wearing earmuffs. I'm going to write that book. Nice. <laughs> Arby, we can't hear you. I don't think I said anything. Oh, okay. That's good. I was going to say, no, we, we need the laugh track. <laughs> it's like people can't. Oh, yeah. No, I mute <laughs> when I'm not talking. If you're going to laugh, you got to laugh out loud. Otherwise, it's painful. Because then it's like, I'm getting a real laugh. But then the people, they just hear like, complete silence oh but the best part is it is actually silent (laughs) like i will unmute if i'm laughing out loud oh okay oh you were you were laughing silently yeah oh oh my gosh i actually do laugh silently sometimes which is ironic considering how loud my laugh actually is (laughs) we need for this podcast you got to get yourself like um like a laughing guy or a laughing girl or a laughing person so like chanel west coast <laughs> because sorry. you need someone that's you need like a somebody that's got like a cackle you know we just we all need to like invest in some nitrous and then we can like have laughing gas right before and then we'll all just it has no effect on me it's really <sighs> disappointing i know nitrous yeah nitrous oxide yeah so you've tried this before yeah no when i was a kid obviously dental procedures they would, yeah. You know. Oh. Oh, I was given the option and I turned it down. Well, I was like seven. So, like, they're just like, here, we're going to put this. Well, what are your other options? They were like, it'll just calm you down before you get the shot. And I was like, I don't, I don't need to be calmed down. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. Do you need nitrous oxide? No, I'm fine. I was like, can I watch the procedure? They were like, if you want. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's a great idea. One time I could see the reflection, it, like I was at an endodontist, so like they have like fancy stuff, but I could totally see the reflection like in the, the microscope lens. And it was so fascinating. <laughs> could not stop watching. All right. I was going to say that you should just, you know how people have like carbon monoxide leaks in their house? You should check that you don't have like a nitrous oxide <laughs> leak in your house because <laughs> if nitrous oxide doesn't have an effect on you, oh. maybe it's because you're constantly exposed to nitrous oxide. And then if you like got rid of the leak, like who knows how much more productive I could be, <laughs> you know, how you'd be feeling, how loud your laugh would be really. <laughs> Maybe that's my problem. 
I'm not saying you have a problem. I'm just saying. I'm saying I have a problem. Well, I am. I'm saying you possibly have like a like a, a home repair problem. You know, not a personal problem. <laughs> there was another silent night. I mean, this apartment is really old. There is definitely is it? Yeah, there's definitely lead paint in the walls. Like it was one of those where like they had to give me like the the pamphlet by law when I moved in mm-hmm. <laughs> about the dangers of lead paint. You know what I found out about lead paint, which is really interesting, is that I found out that the reason that they got to warn people is because lead paint tastes really good. Like if you eat it, <laughs> and I didn't find this out from personal experience. Sure. I was just like, why are they warning people about lead paint? Who's going around eating the paint? You know what I mean? It turns out that when it chips off, kids would just put it in their mouth and lead paint is sweet. It tastes like candy. Huh. And so that's why they had to... And you had a whole generation of kids that were just like, mm, lead paint, yeah, eating paint chips, yeah. So that's that's why they have to warn people because lead paint is delicious. Makes sense. Apparently, never tried it myself. But uh, so who wants to try it? No. <laughs> well, now everybody does. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So try so the recommendations from this podcast are: see what the effects of nitrous oxide are on you, and eat lead paint, and. Try lead paint and get those headphones from Home Depot. Do we have a legal team yet? I feel like we're going to need a legal team after this episode or something. You asking for a legal team is something I never thought I would hear. (laughs) Disclaimer, do not eat lead paint. (laughs) Do not actually take his advice. But if you do, let me know how it tastes. (laughs) I do feel like the... uh, the experience of going to Home Depot, I feel like, is a lot like trying a new tech tool because, like, I'll go there and I'll be like, wow, there are so many possibilities, but I don't know how to use anything here. And then depending on who's working there that day, yeah. like, I might try to ask them for help, but really, I need to just Google it myself and <laughs> suffer. They have Home Depot has all these videos on how to do the individual projects. So I went to go install a wood floor downstairs because, you know, this is my this is the house I grew up in. So my parents did all sorts of stuff and now I'm fixing all these things. It's like you find out later, you're like, oh, that's what you did. So one thing was we never had a radon mitigation system, which is like, if you ever do home ownership, then you start to learn about radon. When you're like a renter, you never learn about radon. The stuff that comes out of rocks. But I, I was like, there's no radon mitigation system. I don't see anything. So I bought like a radon detector and it turned out that the radon in this house was like five times the legal limit. Wow. Oh, no. Which is like the, 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 the reason is because cancer. Oops. And so you don't want cancer. And so I got that installed. And then this, this, they have, a, they have, well, now I have a sunroom and the sunroom was leaking like crazy. It was just leaking. But Nobody ever knew it was leaking because it was carpet. Oh, no. And it was one of those, like, you know, multicolored carpet. Oh, no, Jacob. So it's like it doesn't – you don't know if it's stained or not. Ew. And so, like, I pulled up the carpets and it was like, oh, my gosh, it was a, it was amazing. So <laughs> I fixed the leak. I installed a new hardwood floor. I mean, it's a whole other type of development. It's It's like, you know, home development. It is a lot like computer programming development, though. It is. Because, like, we are basement flooded. And so we've, like, pulling apart the entire basement and going, like, mm-hmm. they did what? 
Like we had an entire wall just built. The legacy code base. Yeah, right. It is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We had an entire wall that was built out of like random scraps of wood where they were like, oh, wow, we just, you know, like, uh, I have like five pieces here that'll just sort of fit together. We're like, oh, wow. eh, sure, why not? And uh, we went, oh, uh, oh, you chose, okay. Wow. Cool. Yeah. So home renovations are refactoring yeah. is what I'm hearing. They're, you know what they are? Mm-hmm. They're, they're like refact. Well, you know, um, what's so interesting about it, because I've thought about this a lot recently. I recently started getting into like trying to do electronics and like hardware, like um, soldering and all that sort of stuff. And I, I, I started building all these like electric skateboards and electric scooters and stuff like that. I wanted, my goal was I wanted to make an electric a scooter that could go like 70 miles an hour. That sounds safe. And could have like a, a like a 90 mile range. So like I could just be on the highway on this little tiny little scooter that's going like, shoof, like straight down the highway. So anyway, I got, I built one that can go like, um, like 60 miles an hour. So close. I built a skateboard that can go 60 miles an hour. Um, and I put like off-road tires on it and everything. I got the thing up to 50 miles an hour. I thought I was going to die. But the thing that was so interesting about this stuff versus programming is that like you, the stuff you're doing is like, it's a, what's the word for it? It's like, um, I was going to say expendable. I don't know if that's the right word for it. It's like, if you mess up, it costs you money. And in software development, the great thing is you just like, you can keep pressing retry And it doesn't, it's not like you have broken something. It's not like you set something on fire. With electronics, you're constantly... I mean, that assumes you find the problem with your software before shipping it. Right. (laughs) That's a different type of money problem. (laughs) Potentially much larger. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is, though. It's like, you know, electronics, you go to do that stuff, it costs money when you break stuff. So whenever you buy parts, when you go to do a project, you always buy like three of them because you know you're going to fry two of them, you know. Software development, similar, I'm sure there's a similar um, metaphor for that. But I feel like the real question is why make a scooter that goes 70 miles per hour when you could have a lawnmower that goes 70 miles per hour? <laughs> right. <laughs> My friend said, why have a scooter that goes 70 miles an hour when you could have a car? Because <laughs> that goes 70 miles an hour and you've essentially made a car at that point. Nah, lawnmower. Like at a certain point, you you bridge the gap. You've made a car. It's just a dumb car. You know, <laughs> it's just not a very good car. Like decades and decades of, uh, whoa. Wow. <laughs> I just added that for you. <laughs> Who was that? That was okay. That was you, Tessa. I thought something. I thought somebody like I thought something caught on fire and people were screaming. <laughs> it's supposed to be sitcom laughter. I thought people were dying. Yeah, but that's like that's like uh, a once in an episode sitcom laughter, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah. Anyway, electric vehicles. That's what I. That's why I think about that. <laughs> Ari is laughing in case you can't see it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. This has been quite the wild ride. (laughs) Yeah. On a 70 mile an hour scooter. (laughs) I mean, speaking about, speaking of uh, Vue.js, 
Yeah, that's definitely what we were speaking of. At some point. Um, but yeah. So that's why I would choose Vue for your next side project. <laughs> if you had a choice between a lawnmower, React, Vue, Spelt, and an electric skateboard, choose Vue.js. I do feel like you do build a lot of things in, in Vue, though. Like you were working on that uh, bitmap font thing for a while. Mm-hmm. Still don't get what the idea was there, but you were trying to do something with font and view, right? Yeah. Um, so I recently started making a game. Um, and uh, I was trying to see, like, I was doing some research and trying to figure out, like, what's the best way to make a game? And obviously, you can go write a game in C++ and um, you can write a game in Unity and all that stuff. I was just curious, like, can you get anywhere near the performance with, like, Canvas and view and like what is view actually doing like on a frame by frame basis that would make the thing particularly slow or that sort of thing and uh i wound up <laughs> i wound up making like a wrapper inside c++ to to sort of contain i wanted to write the ux of the game in vue.js and have the game be in c++ um because you know glutton for punishment or something um and I wound up doing that, and I just ran across these really crazy bitmap um, problems where, um, like, the glyphs of the... Because I was trying to load, like, a bitmap font, um, but through C++ into JavaScript, it was really messed up, and it got all it got all wonked out. And I was like, I, you know, sometimes you're doing development where you're like, I don't know if this is possible or not, so I don't know if I'm doing anything wrong necessarily, rather than it just being, like, not actually possible but it did it actually did work and um uh so i have that game uh i'm i'm planning on actually releasing it at some point it's a it's a full 2d platformer and the whole point of it is that you know it's like mario just like mario nice platformer and in fact i decompiled the source code to super mario brothers um world and I found the jump sequence in there. And I was, because I, I want that jump sequence. It's such a good jump sequence. Um, so I found the jump sequence inside the assembly code. So I learned how to read assembly code. That's the first thing I had to do because I needed to read the assembly code for Super Mario Brothers and Super Mario World because that was written in assembly. It wasn't written in C, wasn't written in anything like that. So I read the source code of that. I found the jump physics in the code and then I ported it over to C and then like all of the graphics and everything, I ported it over to Vue.js. Now, the cool thing about that is that Mario used hexadecimals instead of decimals for counting things. So if you ever try and hack a Mario game and try and get more coins, instead of it going above 100, it's just going to go to like A instead of like it's like you're going to have A zero coins, you know, or something like that. And so I used hexadecimals to actually count the number of coins in the game and all that sort of stuff. And the whole point of the game is to actually hack the game. Like it has hacks built into it. The whole thing is like one giant Easter egg. You can beat the game normally as a regular Mario Brothers sort of game. It's not Mario Brothers because, you know, I don't, it's not Mario Brothers. I'm not getting sued. Licensing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's a similar sort of like jumping platforming game like you've seen a million times. But then you slowly figure out that there's ways to kind of make the game glitch out 
And using those glitches, you can actually get into other parts of the game and beat the game in completely different ways. So that's the whole point of it. But it uses Vue.js as the like sort of um, the GUI layer, and then it uses C++ for the engine, the game engine of the thing, using this uh, library called Allegro. And the reason I chose Allegro is because I heard that Factorio runs on Allegro. Like they actually had to build the whole game engine from scratch because Allegro is just like, it's nothing. It's just like drawing. It's just shapes. And it's very, very basic, like Canvas. Um, imagine you had to make a whole game engine out of Canvas. Now you have to do layering and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, that's, that's, that's what I've been doing. Yeah, but I, I love using Vue for like all sorts of super hacky things. Um, uh, one of the other things I did, um, which I think I tweeted about a while ago, was I used Rust for Wasm. Is that how you pronounce it? I've never actually pronounced it out loud. Do people pronounce it? I've only heard Wasm as well, or else WebAssembly, one or the other. Okay, that's good. Um, hold on, wait one second. My dog's barking. You'll have to edit this out or not. <laughs> <laughs> that's up to you. <laughs> um, one second. So anyway, um, I so the thing with Wasm is that like originally before I actually like looked into it and everything, I thought that like you're going to actually be able to manipulate the DOM and all this sort of stuff, but you can't you can't manipulate the DOM with Wasm unless somebody has written a sort of like DOM like the same thing with Vue. Vue actually has um, you know you're not you know when you run jQuery you're actually manipulating the physical DOM. This is keeping like essentially a copy of the DOM, unless you're going to do the same thing in Rust or whatever. So I wrote um, this thing because I wanted to make a color picker. And I had been reading a book about colors, and I realized that like the browser does true colors up to a certain point. But to do actually true, accurate, perfect colors, you would have to build a whole library around it. And Somebody had built that library in Rust. What do you mean by true and accurate colors? Alex probably knows more than I do. Alex, what does he mean by true and accurate colors? Because um, he was nodding. Stop shaking your head. So so some of it is that like you have only three colors to work with in JavaScript, right? You have red, green, blue. But there are other colors out there that are able, that you can use, Uh Coming from a lighting background, we actually there are actually fixtures that you get where you have an amber, like a yellow, goldish color light. You also have like extra violets in there, maybe a couple of different greens, like all of this. And so the color mixing of those, you get like you have a much wider variety of colors that you can make with it because you have all of these different types of color mixing. And so because the web is kind of limited to what we have. Um, it's not perfectly accurate is sort of my basic understanding of it. it so I believe, I, I don't actually, I think the web can actually represent all the colors. I don't think it's necessarily a question of that, but if you get into like color theory and the way, and I don't, I honestly have no idea what I'm talking about. It was a while since I did this, but if you go back to color theory and you look at the way that you like, that you actually calculate colors, if you, and you go back to like, um, like you've got RGB and then like if you talk about hue and it's, you know, you've got 360 degrees and the way that you actually, sometimes the way that you calculate between RGB 
and like um, um, the other different representations of colors, you take some shortcuts um, to, you know, maybe round some things, whatever. But to get actual true colors, um, where when you're converting between them, you're actually like giving a, a better representation of the color, you'd have to do like different types of calculations. Bottom line is there's a library in Rust that does these like sort of true color representations. And so I thought, why not use that to get the color representations in view using like a, um, uh, like a color wheel? So the Rust does all the calculations of the colors and view does all the displaying of it. Um, actually, the displaying of it is on a canvas, but like the communication back and forth to Wasm, I used uh, view to do that. Um, and the cool thing was, is that I got like this really nice 60 frames a second because the calculations are pretty heavy, um, but they're all being done in Rust. And so it was really, really fast. So all sorts of stuff like that. I love that sort of stuff. It just, it's like, um, it's almost like kind of, it's not really taking it to its uh, limits or anything like that. It's just doing stuff that people don't normally do. It's not the stuff you typically hear about. Um, that's what I like doing. Um, I used Vue to, uh, <laughs> I, I built a display for the electric uh, scooter that I built and I put the display in Vue.js so it tells you like the miles an hour miles per hour that you're going and then you have to like interface with the uh, with the electronics to, to actually display all that stuff um, but that meant that I needed like a browser <laughs> because <laughs> it's just, just so overkill so unnecessary so stupid but like why not right like why not you know and then suddenly i can use the marquee tag i mean when you're going 60 miles an hour right oh my god yeah 70 miles an hour and suddenly the marquee tag comes by and it's like you are going too fast <laughs> you know <laughs> see that's the right usage of the marquee tag you know or you could like hook it up to the weather and like actually have like weather warnings going across the bottom like on the news you know all sorts of stuff you could do. Um, but yeah, I like if there's a reason not to do it, I like to do it then, you know, just because of the, the, um, unnecessaryness, unnecessaryness. That's a word. How, how would you say that? Like, because of how overkill it is, right? Overkill? The unnecessity. The unnecessity <laughs> of it all. Yeah. I think that's right, but it somehow still sounds wrong. I mean, it's not a real word. Ari, what's a better word for it? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, frivolousness. The frivolousness. The, fr the, the frugality. The, fr the frugality. The superfluousness. Superfluousness. What is this? An SAT vocab training podcast? <laughs> the frivolity. The frivolity of it. Frivolity? The su superfluosity. Yes. I did get a 760 on the verbal section of the essay. Hey, so. was that when it was 1600? <laughs> I think it's 1600 yeah. again yeah. now. It changed a couple times since then. Is it? Yeah, I think they got rid of the writing section. Oh, whatever. they went from 24 back to 16? Oh. I believe so. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, because no longer was my score any good. I mean, my score wasn't that great to begin with. but <laughs> Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. That that's that's the sort of stuff I like to. I want to learn all the programming languages, even if it's like nobody uses them. I just want to see like it's kind of like um, it's kind of like talking to a bunch of different people. You know, like um, Paul Graham has this. Uh, uh, I don't know if you call it like a version or what do you call it of Lisp called Arc. And I was playing with Arc the other day. I'm 
I don't know. I could be completely wrong. The, 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 the community of art could be enormous. Um, but, uh, I'm like ready to use this thing as like a, uh, like a, a web server for, um, for Vue.js. You know, it sounds incredible. Wait, so did you try K yet then? No, what's that? Remember I sent it to you. It's like based on APL and it's like a bunch of like punctuation marks and stuff. Oh yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I haven't tried it yet. No, I feel like that one's hard to learn, but it would be cool to do something with it. Yeah. It would be amazing. It would be amazing. Yeah, like just like, you know, there's so many. So I I used to work at um, a kiosk um, application making place. So like if you ever went to um, the airport, and you would log in with a kiosk. You know, you go to those kiosks there, or you go to like Cabela's, and they have like a you know the, the gun store. I I just know that I worked on Cabela's. I never been to Cabela's myself, but um, <laughs> so all the places that you see these these kiosks all over the place, I used to make those. Like the grocery store, you do the checkout app. Um, I'm pretty sure that some of the checkout apps that are still out there, I made a million years ago. Um, but the crazy thing was is that like. We had to have it all locked down. It had to be the super lockdown thing, but we wrote everything in HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. But the only thing that was available because of the way this thing was made is we had to do it in IE6. And we're talking like not that long ago, still using IE6. So I got really good at ActiveX, like a completely unnecessary skill, but I got really good at ActiveX. It's almost like, um, it's almost like, it, like it, you know, when people used to paint, they didn't, we didn't have like all the colors. And so like blue used to be made out of lead, you know, it's kind of like going back to those days. It tastes like painting with food. And, and apparently <laughs> it tastes like candy too. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I got this thing printing to, you know, a zebra thermal printer through an ActiveX control. I mean, it was amazing what I could do, you know, with IE6. It makes you feel like you're like, uh, you're in the wild west or something like that. It's, it's. And there's so many people that are doing this stuff still. Like there's still, I'm sure there's still people that are using like lockdown IE6 systems that they. I mean, you put IE6 on your scooter, I assume. Oh my gosh. I got to put IE6 on my scooter. That would be awful. Yeah, you have to, you have to now. <laughs> it sounds like, but it sounds like a, a life, like a health hazard to put IE6 on your scooter, you know? Well, I heard that IE3 is the ultimate browser. So maybe you want to go with that one. But that doesn't even have JavaScript, does it? Oh, no. Does my IE3 God. have JavaScript? I would love to do that. Uh, give me, give me a second. Hold on, let me get my JavaScript book out. Yeah. <laughs> he was not joking. <laughs> One second. Alex is showing us JavaScript, the definitive guide. Ooh. Activate your web pages. Version 1.2. That's newer than the version I'm using. Covers JavaScript 1.2. So. That is. Um, <laughs> let's see here. This one has. I like that we can hear the pages turning. 
Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, this one is for Internet Explorer 4. So, um, useless. Yeah. Or Opera 3. I like going in there for some fun times. Nerd. Yep. In this seven-year-old question, they're saying Internet Explorer doesn't support JavaScript. It supports JScript. So, well, that's their implementation because they didn't want to deal with the uh, copyright. But that's only as early as ES3. So this is still newer than your book. Yeah. Oh, somebody wrote a blog post, Internet Explorer 3, an adventure in cross-browser compatibility. This is the organizer of Talk CSS, which is a CSS meetup in Singapore. It was released in 1996 on August 13. So almost however many years ago, anniversary. You can do the math, listeners. I believe in you. It's 25. That's a lot of years. (laughs) It's a lot higher than I can count. Yeah, none of us are 10 years older than that. Mm-mm. <laughs> I'm 19. <laughs> <laughs> Likely story. <laughs> so IE3 claims to support CSS1. So I wonder if they do support JavaScript. Well, when was JavaScript made? Oh, 96? Ninety-two JavaScript. I used to give a I used to give a lecture on this. Ninety-five JavaScript was ninety-five. This episode has been quite the journey. (laughs) I feel like speaking of doing weird things, like my friend Ringo also makes games using Unity and also uses Vue for like its event handling and for making the UI elements, and it's just. You would never, I would never think that like if I was making a game, I'd be like, okay, I want to do one part in this language and the other part in this other language, but I guess it's a thing. So so I so here's the thing. It's gonna be not the right like performance thing. You know, it's not the right choice for a lot of reasons. But from a I need to program this and I wanna get it to look exactly like I want it to. And I wanted to like react in these certain ways, you know, just the idea that like view is reactive, like you change a variable and things change. Like you don't have that. Like if you're going to write the thing in C++, you have to do some sort of like architecture, whatever, 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 to make it work. I mean, Unity has a whole thing dedicated to um, the user interface. It has a separate thing to the user interface. If you're going to build a game from scratch and you can always do whatever the hell you want. You can just technically put something in C++ and then have something in view. I know that um, um, I have a friend who will re- remain nameless that uh, wrote uh, the UI for PlayStation's um, menus. Whenever you turn on a PlayStation, like PlayStation that, one? that was all done. I'm not sure. Not PlayStation 1, no. Uh, but whatever the one that was around the time when Angular and Backbone and and then later View came out, I forget what they used, but they used some JavaScript. It was either it might have been Backbone, but it might have actually been View. I'm not sure. It's I I'm trying to go back. It was just around the time that View came out. But yeah, all those menus were written in View, and a lot of these TV in the early days, I uh, when these TV smart TV things came out, it, a lot of it was like 
HTML and JavaScript that you do that you would do it with. Um, because it's is that why my Roku TV sucks so much. Sorry. <laughs> probably. <laughs> That's probably why. But you can think of it like from the adoption standpoint, it's much easier to get developers to write that sort of stuff than to like be like, okay, so now here's a C library, yeah, you know, or something like that. So you got to balance your uh, balance your your options there, or balance your whatever. Or like at Naughty Dog, they use like their own custom language, but it's like really old, and all the tools that it uses are really old. But they can never build new tools because they're always in development, so they're just constantly having to patch these like 20, 30 year old tools that keep on building games on. Which one is this? Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog. Oh, yeah. What is Naughty Dog? Uh, they're a Sony game development house studio. They did uh, Jack and Daxter, oh. Uncharted, The Last of Us. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, that's cool. Started in 1984. Wow. Yeah, I think they also were, like, they worked on Crash Bandicoot. Wow. This is all, like, apocryphal. I don't know if it's actually true. With Crash Bandicoot. With like the other studio that did um, the story with the thing that looks like a raccoon and there's a robot, Ratchet and Clank. And like that studio split off and made Ratchet and Clank is what I heard. Wow. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. You can let me know at Gloomy Loomy. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And for the record, apparently Internet Explorer 3 supported reverse engineered JavaScript that they called JScript. And then from 3.01 they supported JavaScript. That's amazing. No, I, I remember, um, I remember this is dating myself a little bit. Um, but I, when there was a point at which people were like, Ajax is a thing. I don't know if anybody's old enough to remember when suddenly people were like, now we're going to do Ajax. And Ajax was like the word, you know, like the early 2000s, right? Everybody was talking about that. And I remember I, I still have the book downstairs because like, I got to keep it, you know, and this is when you used to buy a lot of physical books, but I had this book, it's just called Ajax and it teaches you how to <laughs> like make asynchronous requests to like build an online shop and all this stuff, but you're doing it with like new XML, HTTP request objects in JavaScript, you know, you're doing it from scratch and, the, and like, just in case you have IE6, here's what you have to do. So, like, the, I I still have the book. I should go back to it and see if any of the JavaScript still works. It probably does. It probably works great. Um, there are things, though, that about vanilla XHR that I still find easier yes. than everything else. Well, now. Yeah. Now, for sure. Because you can cancel the request so easily. Yes. As opposed to, like, Axios, which it took me so long to figure out how the heck you're supposed to use the cancel tokens. Yeah. But I did eventually figure it out. Now it's much easier. The, I mean, the big thing in the beginning with like jQuery was that the XML HTTP request object was like vastly different between different browsers. It was like a completely different thing between all the different browsers. And so it was just like a nightmare to try and get it to work. But you, like you had to write all this code it's in that book, I'm pretty sure, like, for Firefox, do this, for, you know, IE, do this, for this, do this. And it, remember, you used to have to be like, if it's IE6, do this. And then if it's up to IE9, do this. But anything, like, for the, you have to used to do it for different versions of IE. You used to have to make things work. It was painful. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I remember attempting to make rounded corners in IE6. Oh, yeah. 
that's legit. Before I entered the tech world, I, I already had some books on Ajax, so I, I thought they would help me out, but they're all about some Greek guy, so. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was soap. Well, on that note, does anyone have any final questions? <laughs> uh, yeah. What? When do you think is the ideal time to use Vue, and when is like the time that you should absolutely not use Vue? I don't know. I feel like you should use Vue whenever you want. Um, I am like not a um, Vue React Svelte War sort of person. Um, I just use whatever is the easiest thing to me. And kind of the way you realize it happens is like there's I, I was reading um something by Paul Graham the other day because um, he 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 started waxing poetic. He seems to do that a lot on just like a meme that somebody had posted. Yeah, well, I mean, he had this like very in-depth response to like a meme. Um, uh, but basically, he was saying that like over time, like programming languages will get better and all that sort of stuff. And I was just thinking about it. It's like, how do you wind up adopting Vue at a certain point? And what would make you switch? Like, you're not going to switch right now because it's the thing that you know, unless you get a job that would force you to learn React. But then you'd have to have like this, this like other learning curve and all this sort of stuff. So a lot of the stuff is like, it's good in the beginning. And then you just use it because it works, you know. Um, um, right now, I write a lot of React. Um, at remote or I write React at remote and I'm seeing a lot of the patterns they have and it's good too. Like React is totally fine as well. Um, I feel like the biggest thing is that um, Vue, it just has this like really small learning curve and so like you can write very little. You could still do the like the old school um, just like make a new Vue object in, in a browser and that's kind of the end of it like, you know, um, which makes it really, really, so there's like a bunch of different ways that you can use Vue and, uh, like you don't have to use Vue UX. You can do like the, just like if you wanted to make a div reactive, you know, you can do that sort of stuff. So I like that it's got that sort of flexibility, but it's like the thing that I know really, really well. And it's easy enough to know really, really well. So. Yeah, I guess I was thinking along the lines of like in all of your experiments, if there was ever a time that you really wanted to make Vue work and just it's not the right tool or you could get it to run yeah i mean i just think of view as like javascript um yeah i just think of view as javascript and so like if there's a time that i can get javascript to run i can probably get view to run um so if, if javascript's an okay choice then i might use view um uh or i probably will use view for something um but yeah, I, I can't think of anything though. You know, the, the, the thing that I'd love to see is like, I want to get Vue in Wasm. People who have done Wasm might understand this, but like, um, it would be great to have some sort of virtual DOM within Wasm that you could control in a similar way. I know that people are working on that, but you basically have to recreate the entire DOM in Rust or whatever language you're going to use. Probably Rust if you're going to do Wasm, I, you know, if you want to. Um, I think that that would be a really, really cool thing to do because that would open up a lot um, in theory. 
and only in theory. I don't know, you know, updating that you still have to update the DOM and maybe that's not the, you know, that you're going to have that problem like there. Um, but making those calculations to update a shadow DOM would be much faster. So potentially you could do things that are really, really fast um, with a, with a, sorry, not shadow. I keep saying shadow DOM, shadow. I mean shadow DOM. I mean, um, virtual. Yeah, virtual DOM. Thank you. You should have coughed that virtual DOM, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I think that, yeah. I, I wind up writing a bunch of different programming languages every day anyway. You know, a lot of my days right now are filled with Elixir, um, which is a really awesome language. Um, and I, I, that's the thing I would love to see. I would love to see some of these, like, really cool programming paradigms that are being done in things like Elixir. You know, like, Elixir has pattern matching. Um, and I was talking to Kyle Simpson the other day, and um, he can do pattern matching in his library called Monio. Um, but, you know, I think just some of those paradigms would be really, really cool to somehow bring into JavaScript. I don't know if it means bringing it into, like, JavaScript itself, or if it means, like, a library that would support that, or what that means. But a lot of that stuff is just a, a different way of thinking, and it's just, an, you know, another way, and that would be cool. Okay. Uh, before we move on to picks, if people want to find you on the internet, Jacob, where would they find you? Uh, Twitter, I'm on Jake Codes, J-A-K-E-C-O-D-E-S. I was really hoping it was going to be a Z, yeah. just for funsies. You can also find me at <laughs> angelhug7 at hotmail.com. With a Z. With a Z. <laughs> I, I actually got that uh, email address, so if you do want to email me at angelhug7 at hotmail.com, you can do that. <laughs> It forwards to my regular email address. That's amazing. It was because when I was a kid, uh, I had a friend that had that email that had that email address. You know, when you're like whatever, eleven or something. I was like, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard. As a kid, I was just like, how did you come up with that? I mean, that's just like amazing. It's like, Mwah, it's beautiful. And then I checked like last year. I was like, you know what? I might as well reserve it because I bet you they don't have it anymore. And it was available, so I took it. Okay, uh, let's move on to picks. Uh, let's see. Who's going to go first this week? Alex. Sure. So, this week we have been watching, because my wife and I like to watch television together uh, during lunch, and we have been enjoying the new episodes that have been coming out of Marvel's Marvel Studios' What If? Uh, it is alternate timelines within the Marvel universe. So if you have spent, you know, most of your life uh, in movie theaters trying to understand what's happening with the Marvel universe, or if you've read any of the comic books, this one's fun because it sort of goes and says, okay, let's change one thing in the timeline and watch what happens. So the first episode, Peggy Carter becomes Captain, uh, Captain Carter instead of... Uh, Peggy. Instead of there being a Captain America. And then uh, there you have um, this last episode was uh, what if instead, what if uh, 
T'Challa was accidentally abducted uh, instead of Peter Quinn for uh, and went off and became Guardians of the Galaxy. So that was that was really fun. Uh, so yeah, my teacher worked on that show. Oh, cool! It's animated. It's great. It's super nice. Just good fun. So there you go. That's my pick. That's cool. Okay, Tessa, it looks like you have quite the collection of picks for us this week. I started with two, but the show just made me think of some other things that I was like, oh, well, that's related. Okay, so the first one is... um. Lately, I was reminiscing about when I used to walk on, like, rock paths, and I was like, I want something like that in my house, but it's, like, really cumbersome. So I found this, like, small plastic board that's supposed to recreate that feeling and it's uh not quite the same but it's pretty relaxing it's the takefumi ashitsubo massage board um so you know if you also like stepping on rocks maybe you want to try it out Ari is making a face it's like reflexology or something it's very relaxing i was like what do they do they make one with like lego shapes on it like i feel like (laughs) so if your feet are cowards maybe this isn't the pick for you but <laughs> Wait, but I, it's true. Mine are <laughs> serious question. Serious question. Why don't you just go outside? We don't have rocks outside. We just have dirt. Oh, really? Yeah. No, you should come to this area. We've got lots of rocks. <laughs> Places bountiful in rocks. Nice. Wow. Yeah, I, I think that product wouldn't work as well around here. Yeah, probably not. Just because of our rock population being so large. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure in Japan, too, actually, there's probably, like, a lot of rock paths and stuff you could go on, maybe, or at the playground or something. But, uh, yeah, I guess it sells there anyway, so we'll see. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, um, and then we were talking a lot about earplugs, and my favorite earplugs um, are these ones called Loop Experience earplugs, just because, uh, like, well, they come with different types of tips. So you could use a foam tip or you could use a silicone tip. Uh I'm not sure the silicone tip would really work. Like it just looks like an earbud, but I like it because instead of having like the little stem sticking out of your ear, you just have a little metal circle sitting inside your ear canal. So it's like easier to pull out and also looks less weird. And also if you're like brushing your hair or something, your hand flicks your ear, you don't flick the stem and you know, that kind of hurts. So that's cool. Yeah. I did find the, the earmuffs I was talking about earlier. So I put them in the show notes. Um, yeah, and then we were talking about uh, the all the fun growth in Unroom, and that reminded me of this uh, comic series, No Dame Cantabula. And in there, there's like the main character is this really messy woman, and I was like, "That's great! You never see that. You never see a messy woman in media." Um, and she never cleans anything, including her dishes. So like, there's all sorts of different spores and mushroom colonies and things growing in her kitchen, and that's what I thought of when we were talking about Jacob's carpet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then and then my last original pick for today was uh invade biodrain so i talked a lot about like the various uh flying things that i've been seeing this summer um and invade biodrain is this thing that you can pour down your drain to theoretically clean the drain and kill all these things it's like a like a i can't think of the right word but it's like bacteria that eats away all the all the crap in your drain nice i'm not going to say that your drain always necessarily runs smoother after you use it but uh it's amazing you just leave it on something and you wipe it off and it's clean like you don't have to do any scrubbing 
And uh, it also smells pretty nice. Like it has a, a mild orange scent, like Gojo or any of those other orange cleaners that you find in Art Studio. It, it doesn't smell super like chemically, just like a, a lighter orange cleaning smell. The foam smells really bad though. Don't get the foam. So those are my picks. Nice. Yeah. Okay, and Jacob, do you have any picks for us? All right, do you have picks? I do, but I go last. That's how this works. Oh, you go last because you're the host? That's yeah. how it works? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Giving away our industry secrets, Ari. <laughs> host always goes last? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. So I'm learning Chinese right now um, because why not learn Chinese, you know? And I did, so I did a ton of research to figure out the best way to learn Chinese. Um, one of the things I'm doing is that I'm meeting regularly with people that speak Chinese, which is, so on Wednesdays, I go to the public library and I talk with this guy who's previously a CTO at a, at a startup and all that stuff. And uh, he's teaching me Chinese and I'm learning all the background behind it. But the software that I'm using, um, you know, I started with Duolingo. Duolingo is great for learning the characters. But to learn to speak, there's this really great program called Rocket Chinese, and I've been using it, and it's been really great so far. And I feel like I'm actually like starting to converse in Chinese, which is hard. It's a hard language, um, especially for uh, you know we don't have the tones and stuff like that. So I don't have as many um, other picks as as uh, you all, but Rocket Chinese is something that I recently uh, picked up. You know what else? Anki, um, if, if has anybody used Anki for flashcards? A N K I. Yes, that's right. UI for making flashcards needs a lot of love. Right, it's horrible, but everybody uses it. It's the standard for flashcards. And if I can, if I could just plug this one guy, <laughs> this guy um, made the 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 way that you train or the i guess the training course i don't know what exactly what it is whoever knows better than i do um, because i am not uh, an expert on chinese or anything um but hsk um one through five is the the course that you need to like i guess it's like a sort of um what's that called um uh certificate of some sort that you can pass it's a, a course that you can pass and this guy named Jonathan Stewart made Anki flashcards for all the HSK, all 5,000 words in the HSK um, thing. And uh, on his website, it said 40 bucks for it. And I paid it. And he wrote me an email saying, hey, if you would have completed HSK one, you would have seen that there's a coupon for like 90% off the thing. So I'm going to retroactively apply the coupon. And he gave me like... 90% off. He refunded 90% of the money I paid for this thing, wow. which was really, really nice of him. He should have just like let me be a sucker and um, and do that. But I thought that was really nice. His name's uh, Jonathan Stewart. I don't know if that's his real name because that means his name is John Stewart, which is awesome. Um, that makes him the second most popular John Stewart in the world. So those are my two groups. Have you heard of Remnote? It's no. a Zettel Keston style note taking app that's free, but it generates Anki style like space repetition oh. cards for you based on your notes. No, I'd never heard of this. So that might be one worth trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the one thing with Anki is that it's super old school looking. It's very basic. It's very, very basic. 
thing is it works really well um but yeah it's not it's not like the hot new stuff or anything it's it's like a like a steady as she goes old sort of software so um but yeah i used to use it for learning hebrew and all sorts of stuff but people use it for learning all sorts of stuff um I think that it also, one cool thing about Anki is that people use it for learning chess really well. And they have a bunch of, you can get free chess flashcards that teach you all these moves. And you just basically memorize all these moves. If this, then that sort of thing. And Anki, like chess, so like you've ever heard of Mermaid, the text format, Mermaid? Yeah. So Mermaid's a way to draw diagrams with just text and it displays well. There's apparently a way to draw chess moves in just text. Yeah. And Anki supports that because apparently Anki is huge in the chess community. I don't play chess at all. I'm not even going to say I'm good, good or bad at chess. I don't play chess, but, um, you know, it supports this, this chess, uh, you know, text, um, diagramming feature, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, it's completely useless to me, but good nonetheless. So. Anki, John Stewart, and uh, and Rocket Chinese. Okay, uh, I have one pick this week. Surprise! It's a TV show. Nice, because <laughs> I never pick those. Um, so uh, it's called Manifest. The premise is that these people were on an airplane that disappeared, and five and a half years later, the plane comes back. I'm not going to pretend that this show is good. But it is entertaining. <laughs> like, it's one of those, it's so bad, it's good. It's like Lost, but on a plane, right? Ooh. Like, it's so melodramatic. The dialogue is honestly pretty terrible, but I can't stop watching. Nice. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's, I think it's available on Hulu, Netflix, um, probably Peacock because it's an NBC show. So uh, I'm sure you can find it somewhere to watch. But yeah, I... It's terrible, but I highly recommend it anyway. Is it is it bad like in that way where like like there's it's Pat the movie bad where like it's so bad that you get you almost get like a satisfaction, like a weird feeling of how bad it is and you just want to watch it for that? Or is it bad because it's just like you can sit back and watch it and it's just dumb and it's making you dumber and you just like enjoy the fact that you're not invested in it? heavily you know what i mean it's hard to explain because yeah i don't i mean those are not the only two options of, of bad either yeah no it's there's multiple i'm sure there's many others it's always like a it's like watching a train wreck mm -hmm. but like a somewhat interesting train wreck a plane wreck like maybe there's some you know um weird debris on the side of the train tracks that is causing like weird stuff to happen to the train while it's crashing. It's like that, even though that probably doesn't make any sense. So it's like over the top. Is it over the top? <laughs> it is. It's very over the top. Um, and yeah, you're just like, the dialogue is not even like a little bit believable. <laughs> like there are times where like it's cringy. You're just like, no one would ever say that. Like, ever. And people, they form these relationships where you're like, even though I have BPD, that was too fast. <laughs> 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 it's 
So, so yeah, it's very over the top, but yeah, like it in an entertaining way. Like I'm not sure it's supposed to be entertaining in that way, but it is. Anyway, so have you ever seen? Um, speaking of over the top, there's a movie that if you like over the top, like comically over the top, just like painful to watch. It's so painful. It's comical. There's um, a Bollywood movie called Bang Bang. And um, there's uh, the star of it is this this Bollywood actor named Kritik Roshan. I don't know if you've ever seen him. Um, it, it You should look him up because he is... It's like, it's like, okay, they're going to have a chase scene on a motorcycle. Fine. But then he's going to turn around backwards on the motorcycle and shoot guns. Okay, fine. But while he's backwards, they're going to go off a ramp and he's going to like nail several people perfectly. Okay, fine. But while doing that, stuff is going to blow up around them and he's going to do a backflip and go under the motorcycle. Like it's just, it keeps going more and more. It's not, and it's not meant to be funny. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's meant to be funny. And the guy, Hrithik Roshan, you should look him up. He's like, he's so jacked that it's funny. It's, it's like, it's, it's almost hysterical <laughs> how jacked he is. It, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's the most amazing thing. So according to Wikipedia, it was based on the movie Night and Day, which is like the worst movie title I've seen in my entire life. Night and day. Like night spelled like a knight in shining armor. Oh, the with Tom Cruise, is that, I think. Maybe Cameron Diaz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 2010, Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz. I didn't realize it was based on that. I've watched I've watched Bang Bang like seven or eight times. It's so fantastic. You should go watch it. For all you Bollywood aficionados playing along at home, or not, like you will now be a Bollywood aficionado. Well, I mean, speaking of over the top, are are you going to tell us about those cans on your head? Oh, also speaking of bang bang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean the headphones? Yeah. These are um so um Yo, who is the CEO of Remote, um I'm head of automation at Remote. We're hiring. If you'd like to be an automation engineer, um send me a message on Twitter or just apply online. Um and these, uh, Yob is big into headphones and anytime I'm ever looking for headphones, I'm really particular because I can't do noise canceling headphones because for some reason it makes me like seasick when I put on noise canceling headphones and I put on the noise thing and there's a small minority of people that this happens to. And I found that community and, uh, we all, you know, um, sob together, but um, cause there's so many, <laughs> there's so many noise canceling headphones that I actually really, really, really want to, I like, I had done a project a couple of years ago and the guy did the project for us. Like you did such a great job on getting you a present, sent me these like ridiculous noise canceling headphones that were just like gorgeous. And I was like, maybe I can get over this. I put them on and I was like, Oh no, 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 no. And so I had to give those away to a friend. Um, but they were like really nice. So anyway, these are Bang & Olufsen. Are they? Yes. Yes. They're Bang & Olufsen headphones. Um, I forget what they're called, but Bang & Olufsen doesn't make that many headphones. And they're fantastic because they don't hurt your ears. They sound ridiculously incredible. Um, and then he suggested one other pair, which I have here, 
these are um, what are they? They are the Phillips. Um, but the difference between these two is that these are the closest thing you're going to get to noise canceling without actually having the noise canceling. So they're it's called it's called what do they call it? They call it not active noise canceling. They call it passive noise canceling because it doesn't have anything in it. It just has a lot of thickness to it. So these ones are whatever you call it through ears, up here. so you can hear all the noise up. There's no sound reduction or anything. So depending on what you want, I've got the two different ones. I've got the Philips ones. I forget what they're called. I lost the box. And I've got these Bang & Olufsen's. Um, so passive noise canceling headphones. Nice. We're going to call that all for this week's episode. If you aren't following us on Twitter, what is wrong with you? You should go do that at Enjoy the View Cast. Um, soon there will be a new Twitter thing we're going to debut. So just teaser on that. Ooh, what is it? <laughs> um, we'll, we'll tell you after. <laughs> Okay. It'll be in it, the It'll know. be out by the time this episode it'll comes be out, out by so this you time, can tell yeah. him if you want to. <laughs> okay. Uh, so if you happen to misspell cast to cats. You mean get it right. Good news. We have you covered. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, enjoy the view cats. Uh, we just post pictures of our cats, but it's fun because somebody automated it for us. So all I have to do is email a picture of my cat with um, a title <laughs> and <laughs> it tweets it for me. That's amazing. Yeah, no, it's really exciting. You should call it Enjoy the View Cats the Musical. <laughs> uh, so too many characters. We want people to enjoy it. <laughs> right? Creepy. <laughs> it's not my problem. Enjoy the View Cats the Movie with Taylor Swift. No. No, 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 no. Just she no, was in that, no. right? Taylor Swift was in that? She was. No, she wrote a song for it. She was in, she was in the movie. No, she was in it. She was in it. She was yeah, in it. I was it. like, I thought she was. Yeah, 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 I couldn't find her. I watched it and I couldn't. I was like, where's Taylor Swift? And then I thought I saw Taylor Swift and everybody's like, no, that's not Taylor Swift. Yeah. Oh, okay. She had to get her moment there. Yeah. She's, she's like in there for like trailer. one scene. It's not. Yeah. Not I saw Taylor movie. Swift in concert once. She was amazing. Yeah. If you get a chance to see Taylor Swift in concert, I'm adding that to my picks. <laughs> All right, I'll put that in. <laughs> I like how even the ending somehow is a long meandering road. <laughs> I'm out of ten on my conversation scale. T- Tessa, Tessa specifically brought me here because I can meander for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if you haven't subscribed to the show on whatever podcasting app you're using, do. Don't you love us? Come on, give us love and leave a review, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear bad stuff about us. Um, and also, like, tell other people about it because you love us. Um, so thanks for listening. And until next time, enjoy the view. Hey everybody and welcome to Enjoy no, the View. No, no, I'm stop, Ari. Stop, 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 stop. Stop, I don't know what happened. It was going Oh no. Uh-oh. Oh no. Yeah. Every you're... time you talk. Oh wow. I'm turning okay. it off and on. <sighs> it's literally like this. <sighs>